millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome back to the Mother-Daughter Manual. I'm Liv. I'm, I'm Fliss. What are you eating? I'm, I'm hungry, Liv. I'm hungry. Oh, oh my God, you sound like that. Fat Dalmatian from from 101 Dalmatians. Excuse me, there were 100 Dalmatians in that movie, and, and you choose the fat one. Yeah, but it's more about the fact that it's what you said. You said, I'm hungry, and, yeah. that, and that little Dalmatian says, I'm hungry, mother, I really am. Yeah, I know, yeah. but that was the fat one. I know, it? it's the fat one. Yeah, but, oh, there's a moment when they're watching that dog treat commercial, and then there's this guy with a moustache, and he's like, um, the champion of all dog food. And then they all come on, like, dancing, like, canine crunchies can't be beeping. I give up. <laughs> I give up. So, yeah, it's quote time. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's your um, go this week, because um, you stole mine. Yeah. So, quote. Um, um, Sorry? How do mothers and daughters cope on the long journey of life? What? You're not even reading that? What's? Did you just make that up? No. You did, didn't you? Well, no, what happened, Livy, is that um, I lost it because um, it was in the pocket of my trousers and you put that the trousers into the washing machine and, hey, presto, lots and lots of bits of paper that... Yeah, that's... We both know that's a lie. Yeah, we do. Yeah, why are you lying? Um, I don't know, Liv. You just <laughs> can't be bothered to do the quote. I might scrap the whole quote yeah, section, you know. I not be bothered, Livy. Yeah, I bet you couldn't be bothered. Yeah. God... Well, at least you'd li- you lied rather than just saying it was another bad week. Well, it was a demanding week, Liv. Okay, well, um, yeah. luckily for you, I do have a quote in the back burner. Oh, well done, darling. Thank you Thanks. so much, yeah. Mum. Thanks. Yeah. Do you want me to read yes, it to you? Yes, please, yeah. Okay, so the quote this week is, The more a daughter knows the details of her mother's life without flinching or whining, the stronger the daughter. So that is by Anita Diamond. Well, that's all. That's okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I just want to say... Who's doing the flinching and who's doing the whining? Is it the mother or the daughter or the daughter or the mother? Okay, hang on, let's have a look. The more a daughter knows the details of her mother's life without flinching or whining. Okay, so it's about the daughter doing the... Without without her flinching or whining, isn't it? What, the it? daughter flinching or whining? Yeah, because... It's not very nice about your daughter, though, is it? To say your daughter, win- you know, flinches and whines if she knows something about your life. I think you always think I flinch and whine. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so yeah. Why, why? which well, daughter yes. are you supporting? Okay, all right, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, very interesting. So, um, if, okay, so when I hear, do- like, when I hear daughters, sorry, what? When I hear <laughs> um, details of your life, I don't really flinch and whine, no, to be fair. No, you don't, you're really and apparently, serious. D- according to this quote, 
um, it means that the stronger I am. Yeah. But I have to say, with this quote, sorry, I'm really taking over here, aren't I? Because mm-hmm. you've had your bad week. Go on. Um, I do think that you know some some girls might not have had their mothers around in their lives. That doesn't mean they're not strong. I agree with that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, no, I, we know mm. that these comments aren't Bible. Yeah, I just, I just think it's a very strange concept to think that because you know more um, intimate details about your mother, you feel stronger as a result. So let's say if your mother's had a terrible time, um, you find those details out and it makes you feel stronger. No, I think it makes you more empathetic with your mother if you find out things about your mother or if you find out horrible things about your mother. Um, perhaps you're less empathetic towards that person. I don't see how it makes you stronger. Thank you, teacher. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think all, I think it's a good point because maybe knowing stuff that your mother's gone through, does that? do you learn from things? You, well, you can learn, can't you, you? You can learn from mistakes. You can learn from like, actually achievements. You can learn from anything. Yeah, you can be inspired by a mother, can't you? I thought you were just about to say you could be a spy. And I thought, yeah, I'd you love could to be, be a spy. spy. Yeah. yeah, you could be a spy. I really thought that was what you were yeah. going to say. No, I wasn't. Oh, such a shame. I was saying you could be inspired by your mother. And that, yeah. Couldn't you, Liz? I absolutely could. Good. I could Great. also, I, I preferred the spy, the spy route. I know you did. Yeah. I know you did. I would actually love, that is one mm. of the dreams. I'm not crazy about this quote. I think it's a clever quote to have chosen. Mm. Um, it'll certainly... There'll be some nice debate from this, I think. Absolutely. I also think the whole flinching and whining thing, that's very teenagery, isn't it? Yeah. You do go through your life as a teenager sort of whining about hearing about your mum or... Well, you don't... I mean, it depends on how mature you are, but I know that when I was a teenager, I was absolutely hopeless. I mean, I was sort of yeah. like just thinking, how can I get out of their vision so I can do something naughty? That's all I was thinking. It was my resendetra. What do you always well, do? You were something? quite naughty as well. I so. was actually. I don't think I was. Well, you were quite naughty. Yeah. In what way? But not bad. You weren't bad no, naughty. Bad. You were just mischievous naughty. Yeah, yeah, which is a bit moody. Yeah, but every teenager's moody. You know. Do you know what though? It's funny about being a teenager because now I see sort of not cousins but family friends who have teenagers, and you actually see and I've babysat lots of teenagers, mm. and you do think, wow, God, yeah, I, that is a difficult stage in life. And you look back and you think, I was really difficult, but at yeah. the time, you don't think you're difficult at all. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. But it, that, that nothing changes on that, does it? I mean, no. I thought I was easygoing and easy as during my teenage years, but I think for my parents, I mean, I really was innocent. You know, I mean, you know, really, you still did, are. Well, yeah, fairly, fairly. But I mean, you know, my parents thought I was a nightmare and yeah. very, very naughty. So it's all relative, isn't it? Really, it is relative. Yeah. Okay, well, this week we're, um, uh, Libby and I have decided to read each other poems that we've um, composed ourselves about each other. Uh, we thought it would be a touching tribute to each other, didn't we? Oh, t- yes. Good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right, okay. Touching so, as... Well, touching as... Lovely. Go. You go first. Hang on a minute. I don't like what your I don't like your tone. No, 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 There's no. There's something no. going on here. No, There's nothing. I hope you're not mentioning something I don't want you to mention. No, I'm not at all. You better not, Libs. No, okay. no. You, right. you can go. You can do your your one okay. first. This is an ode. An ode. What's an ode? It's it's like a an ode to something. It's an ode to something. To me, I watch at breath of dawn, outstretched tendrils. That's already gone wrong. <laughs> I can't read it. Hang on. I watch at breath of dawn, outstretched tendrils toward the, the gasping sun. No, I've got it wrong again. Have you? And, okay. Is and this owed. an ode to a tree I rather watch, than me? I watch at breath of dawn. And I didn't know it. Outstretched tendrils towards the peeping sun, unfurling vibrantly into 
business of life. I am awed, my little broccoli. <laughs> oh, her first day at school, from toe to tip, dressed in green and all in wool. I am a broccoli, she declared, triumphant tendrils shielding her little brother, and on she marched, triumphant, toward the sun. Oh, that's cute. That's really right. nice. Kind, wasn't it? <laughs> Yours isn't going to be. <laughs> but I do have an alternative. Oh, do you want to read them both? Yeah. Well, do you want me to do mine yeah, first? Yeah, you do and yours then... first, then I'll do mine. Oh, no, I'm really dreading this now. You better be kind then, aren't you? <clears throat> oh! <laughs> on, Liz. My darling, fabulous, incredible mum. Aww. Isn't it funny that mum rhymes with bum? Right. I really hope you've never let anyone slip up a thumb. <laughs> You're going to kill me for that, but sometimes I, I never know. Maybe you might think I'm lols and lots of fun. Moving oh, on, dreadful. you really are the best mum, and we really do laugh. Even once, so much, you manage to somehow swallow a thin scarf. What? That brings me back to times you've held my hair when I bath. What? <laughs> to sum it up, sometimes we row and sometimes we cry, but I'd really not be with anyone else no matter how hard we try. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Tennyson, Lily. Lord Thank Tennyson, you. nothing less. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, yeah, well done, Liz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good on the Have you ever line. let anyone slip up a thumb? Olivia, I'm not... <laughs> Right, okay, you deserve this one now, okay? Okay. Okay, well done, Liz. It was Thank sort you. of clever, but not, you know... I mean, it missed some rude. vital aspects. Scatological, but anyway. Okay, well, I thought yours was about a tree. But it was about broccoli, wasn't it? The yeah, little girl yeah, was a broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was quite touching, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Otess, Otess, Otess. Claws, claws, claws. Otess, Otess, Otess. Nibble, nibble, nibble. Oh, Tess. Oh, Tess. Oh, Tess. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Tess. That's mean. That's mean. Oh, Tess. That's really mean. Bye, Felicity Montague. Thank you, Felicity Montague. Thank you so much for reminding me of nearly killing my own guinea pig. Well, you stood it, darling. Yeah, by accident. It scrabbled over my shoulder and I took a step backwards. I just thought you'd like an ode to Tess. No, because that was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. That's a bit bitchy, Liz. No, it wasn't bitchy, honey. It was. It was. So basically, I had these sort of rogue guinea pigs that hated me and you and everyone in the family. And Tess the really lovely cute one, I would, took for a little walk into the garden. She was always trying to escape everybody. She was trying to escape everyone. Mm, and she stressful. jumped over my shoulder and I was like, ah, she like flew off like some sort of bat. And mm. then I took a step backwards and I just stood on her face. I oh, know, it was awful. It was terrible. Yeah, and then she was just awful. lying there with her jaw like... Yeah. Twisted yeah, and then dad, dad, I thought I'd killed her. Yeah, but you brought Tess back to life. That well, was dad a touching brought Tess point. Back oh, Tess. To life. oh, Tess. Oh, Tess. Oh, Tess is rejoicing yeah, yeah, at the end yeah, of yeah. it. But your face during no, the whole thing was so no, no, like, I, I've got you. I, d- I didn't really like the way Tess scrabbled at me when I used to put my hat on. So you in. were happy when I stood on her face? No, not at all. No, I was. No, upset. it was really no, sad. It was actually. sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. But she's fine. She's alive and she got adopted by because we moved. I, so. I really don't think Tess is alive now. No, no. I mean, she was for another like eight years or something. Yeah, another eight years. Yeah, very good life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, your, your poetry is so funny. How yours is very abstract. Yes, it's abstract because mm. it's, isn't poetry abstract? 
I don't think mine's abstract. Yours is rhyming. I just slang. think I rhyme words. Yeah, but that's together. okay, Liz. Well done. Well done, you. Thanks, Liz. Who won? Um, I think we're quids in. Right. Fair enough. Moving onwards. Oh, the only reason we did this was Why? because we found some poems of mine. Which we might read them next week. No one wants to hear those. Well, some of them are quite One funny. of them's like about a flea, and it just goes, "If I were a flea." I wish I were a tree. And, it just, <laughs> <laughs> and the third line's like, and I would be free I remember to not be a flea. Oh, my child's a genius. <laughs> I am a genius. Yeah, Especially when it comes to writing about fleas. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you want to introduce our fantastic guest? Uh, Frances Barber. Yes. Um, who I've worked with um, over the years and is a phenomenal actress. She's uh, uh, been on loads and loads of television. I can't even begin to tell you how much television she's been on. She's um, been on every stage. She, every stage, practically, in London. Uh, the National Theatre, I remember she played. Uh, oh, she, was a, she was a star in Pygmalion when um, Howard Davis directed uh, about... 25 years ago um, she was in um, a movie I saw recently over the last couple of years called Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool uh, it was absolutely fantastic um, I'm very excited actually to have yeah, Frances and um, she's very funny she's very naughty and she's utterly fascinating Frances Barber you go. No, you go. You, you go no, oh, come on, Libs. Oh, hi, Francis. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Francis. My daughter's a bit of a fan. I think she'll fill you in on this. Oh, I am uh, a fan, yeah. yeah. I am a real fan. I saw you uh, very early on in my career uh, while I was training at the Donmar Warehouse doing Julius Caesar, which was oh, I fantastic. Loved, I loved doing that. Well, we were the pioneers, of course. We were the first company under Philida Lloyd that did an all-female Julius Caesar and we did it specifically to try and get one-upmanship on the Globe, who at the time were <laughs> everybody that. at the Globe, all the boys were playing girls. And so we went, right, who can play at that game? And so um, we set it in, as you know, you remember it, we set in a women's prison. And we Fantastic. all played 
um, all the main parts, all the, Juli- the Julius's, the Brutus, Cassius, all of us. And, um, and we took it to New York and it was a great hit. And then after that, Amazing. everybody copied us, you know. So, But we of were the first. <laughs> it was brilliant. That's a bit sad to inter- start an interview saying that I'm a fan, isn't it? No, it's fine, it's Livy. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Francis, we, to start off the interview, we have a quote, which my daughter's going to read to you. We and, base every episode on a quote, really. Or we sort of loosely dance around it, don't we? Mm. So this, this week, which we're going to talk to you about, is... The quote that I found, which is, the more the, the more a daughter knows the details of her mother's life without flinching or whining, the stronger the daughter. A quote was Anita Diamond, the red tent. tent. Which neither of us have read. That was my writing. I couldn't read my own writing. <laughs> so, Francis, what, what do you make of that quote? What do, you, what do you think? Well, I think that probably for mothers and daughters now in 2021 that would make some perfect sense but I have to declare that um, I um, I don't have any children I'm childless and therefore I can only speak from a daughter's perspective and as I'm now 60 um, my relationship with my mother was not like that at all there were many many secrets for example I'm one of six children and my two brothers and sister above me there was a 10-year gap and then another three of us. Wow. And we never, never found out why. And I kept saying to my mum, did Dad go to prison for 10 years? And she'd just say, that's what so stupid. <laughs> and, uh, but we never, ever found out. And um, I, I, we kind of stopped asking because it was quite clear that we were never going to get an answer out of either of them. But that's um, fascinating, isn't so it? Yeah, it is. Fascinating. Tell you. It's a, it was a very, very different way to have a relationship with um, a mother of, of that generation. Mm. Um, you know, she didn't really talk to me about periods. I had to find out all these things on my own. I, I mean, I, what happened to me was uh, uh, my girlfriends taught I had blood and I panicked. And I, my, I told my girlfriends, who then, you know, frog marched me to the loo, her in hysterics, talking me through a, a borrowed Tampax, what to do. I had no idea. I thought my whole body oh, was falling apart. What about borrowed. you? <laughs> Hopefully not used. Well, it's just borrowed. Not used. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yes, I was questioning that. Yeah. Borrowed as in from the box, not from elsewhere. Yeah. From the um, box, Francis. <laughs> well, I remember that I'm old enough to remember Dr. White's sanitary towels, which yes. was so... I mean, actually, now you could use them as... a a mouth covering mask, couldn't you, in the pandemic? <laughs> they were so gigantic. Oh, they were. You felt- I think you gave me one of those on my first period. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Yeah, yeah did. I did. Yeah. But I mean, you know, well, I mean, I mean, I didn't tend to wear trousers then, and we weren't. We, I was in a very strict school, a grammar school, where we had to wear uniforms and hats and everything. So, it was. I mean, those ghastly things. They were so gigantic. But it was a strange time, you know that. We didn't have sex education at school. I think we possibly had a talk from a groovy teacher once and everybody yeah. started giggling and then <laughs> <laughs> frightened. Um, so it was a completely different kind of relationship where it was all those things that we now take for granted and we know are perfectly normal. My mother's generation, it wasn't like that at all. She was very embarrassed about all those things and she just simply couldn't find the vocabulary to discuss them. 
Yeah. No. Well, did but you I- ever have a conversation with her that was that sort of shocked you in terms of, oh gosh, I didn't think she'd open up about that, or I didn't think I'd hear about that, or was there ever a moment that clicked? Yes, I remember coming back from university my first year, and I was heartbroken because I'd fallen in love with somebody and he left me. And she did, I burst into tears and told her, and she said, oh, your first broken heart. But that's the closest she ever came <laughs> to saying to anything any... that was remotely emotional. Oh she just God. didn't, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. She, no. it. Nobody had done it to her. Nobody taught her. And it was, it was kind of frowned upon in a way that you, you had to have a properly stiff, um, stiff upper a British upper stiff lip, whatever the hell you call it. <laughs> stiff upper lip. And, uh, <laughs> stiff upper lip. And just got on with it and found out things yourself. So it was, I was completely shocked when she actually talked about a broken heart. And I said, no, 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 it isn't that. Because <laughs> she took me by surprise. Did you ever find out anything that she never knew you knew about? Details wise, like, you know, about her life? Or was it all just so... Sort of under no, know, I, no, I never found anything out. She was, she, she was, without a shadow of a doubt, the most beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful, kind human being that I've oh. ever met before or since, or and I don't think I'll ever meet anybody else who was. Mm. And because there were six of us, I know my father did have favourites, and that's really, really antagonistic in a family. But oh, my horrible. mother never, never, never did. If she did, she never let us see it. She adored us all completely the same. She treated us all the same. And she was kind and considerate. And we we all worshipped her. When she died, we were were devastated, devastated. So what did she teach you, Francis? I mean, obviously a lot from what you've said so far. Well, in in many ways, I rejected what she taught me. (laughs) Because she she was a very old-fashioned housewife. I mean, she ended up, after having six children, she was a dinner lady um, at the local com- uh, primary school. And um, she'd, she'd been a cook before that in the, in the school, and she'd won the best pastry chef in the West Midlands. And she oh, she didn't. <laughs> she <laughs> did. And we, she had a plaque on the wall that was the most prized possession of her life. But what she did teach me was don't do what she did, which is basically have six children and never do anything and never go anywhere. She was the one that pushed me out into the world and said, you know, you must live it. You must experience everything you possibly can. Don't saddle yourself down as I've done. And for that amount of generosity in a woman of her age is quite something, isn't it? Because I know that some mothers of contemporaries of mine, didn't want them to leave home. She was pushing me out the door. Yeah, she's a brave and woman. And all her kids, yeah, she was wonderful. All of us, she said, go and find your world. Go and do your things. Have ambition. Have um, some motivation to, to, to leave. Because I, I was born in a council estate in Wolverhampton, and it was, it was quite tough. And she wanted us all to do better. And so did my father, actually, in fairness to him. But it was really her that pushed us very, very much. And that is a a very beautiful thing to do to your daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Did you feel close to your mother then? um, As a result of not being able to discuss certain things about uh, certain things with you still felt very close to her? 
Yes, that was the weirdest thing. And she was very simple in that she loved her kids. She loved um, her home life. She, she, she wanted more without a shadow of a doubt, but she just kind of accepted what she had. Yeah. And I remember once she'd been, we'd all been on holiday to Lyme Regis and she gave me these two egg cups in a little sort of presentation box and she, with two little pots of marmalade. And she said to me, what could be nicer than that? And that oh. still makes me want to burst into tears oh, now. Francis. Because I just think uh, it was, she got such pleasure out of giving it to me. And then years later, in my late, in my 30s, I did a lot of um, films in France, always playing an English woman, but uh, in French. So I took her, wow. by then we knew she was poorly, so I took her to Paris with me. And all the crew and the writers and the director made a huge fuss of her. We took her to the Eiffel Tower. We took her to a, a fabulous restaurant on the Champs-Élysées where she met her idol, the tennis player, Jimmy Connors. And I asked when she went to the Louvre, would he sign an autograph for her? And he signed the menu and she was in tears. I took her to Yves Saint Laurent and I bought her... Uh, a red suit and, and a fabulous Chanel handbag and shoes. And she kept saying, why aren't there any price tags on this? Because she'd have, <laughs> she'd have fainted. Because it was more than a, a, you know, a house in Wolverhampton, the, the, the price of the suit. So I had my opportunity to, to thank her. Yeah. yeah. Frances, do you think she ever felt, when she got towards the end of her life, I hope you don't mind me asking this, do you think she felt slight regrets that perhaps when she saw her children, she was obviously so proud of you and the rest of your family, siblings, but do you think she ever saw your lives and began to think, gosh, I wish I'd had my life again, my chance again? Or do you think she just accepted her lot? I think it's a combination of the two. I am sure she wished she'd have had her life again. I am absolutely sure of that, but she never said it. She never said it because she felt as if she'd done her bit by having her children do it. And mm. it was a different era. I mean, it's so yeah. shocking now for those young people like you, Olivia, to, to look back and you, you, you wouldn't recognize it at all because everything changed very rapidly after that it seems to me it was it wasn't a sort of long term thing because the because feminism came in the 70s and everything tumbled on from that and you know she she simply had no concept of the kind of world that we're living now so even if she did have regrets she kept them to herself yeah, it's rather yeah. brave, isn't it, in Stalwart? It's, it's um, rather impressive, Francis. So, so it sort of makes sense that the, the, the quote doesn't really... It's a bit, bit of shit, really, the quote, because it doesn't matter about the details. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter really about the details of knowing about your mother's life. It's not going to change how strong you are. You know, you still learn from her and who she is and what she teaches you principles-wise and morals. Yes, you still are so, strong yeah. and you're still yeah. resourceful. And, you know, Francis is saying, right, I, you know, I didn't know many details about my mum. However, Francis, you're incredibly strong I, and that's, you know, it doesn't go down to that. I know, I, I don't think I would have liked to have known deepest, darkest secrets in a way. I, I, I think some things should be private. Yeah, <laughs> so do I. Yeah. I know that it's... Yeah, it's 
very it's very now isn't it to share your sex life with your daughter and vice versa and all of those things well the last thing on the face of this earth my mother would have done is share any of that huge secrets yeah i think you're right francis there were a lot of them and uh well it's a bit you know mike lee's film secrets and lies it's kind of based on that that even you know i mean I no idea, as I say, about that 10-year gap. Did my mum have another child and did it not, not survive? I, I mean, I simply don't know. And none That's of us do. None of my brothers and sisters know either. And you never will now, of course. <laughs> and you now never we will. never will. No, we never yeah. will. And your dad wouldn't... Would, would he never talk to you about that stuff? He just completely... Oh, no, no, he'd be worse, much worse. <laughs> oh, God, OK. Oh, no. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, no. Well, maybe it's better not to know stuff. I remember when um, when I got my first job, it was with Hull Truck. And uh, so he drove me up to Hull. And it was the longest time I think I'd spent in a car with him alone in my life because there were always Gosh. so many other kids in the car. And I remember I had a brand new pair of white dungarees on and some red kickers because I thought that's what actors wear. <laughs> and then I had this, we're going back to the terrible thing, I had this terrible period and I just completely, it was like I'd hemorrhaged on oh, my no. white dungarees. <laughs> he didn't oh, say a word, Nothing. not a solitary word. <gasps> no. And then I said, I need to stop at the service station and go to the toilet. And he didn't speak and he stopped at the service station. I oh went to God. the toilet. I tried Francis. to wash them. I was crying. <laughs> and oh. I came back and just sat there with wet dungarees for the rest of the journey. And it was a long way to Hull. It was never mentioned, ever. Oh. Just feeling more. He couldn't go. Well. He 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 couldn't cope with it. He could not cope with I it. I suppose he was frightened of it, Francis. I of mean, course he was. He was yeah. petrified. He didn't know what to say to me, and the, both of us were just so embarrassed. It was a horrible <laughs> <God>. journey. <laughs> so we're talking about the weather. Oh, that's a nice motorway. I, I don't think we spoke. I don't oh, no. think we spoke. I think we were both in such shock. We actually were struck dumb. No, so and nowadays, Francis, if, if that happened to a, a mother, a daughter, father relationship, people would sort of talk about maybe a, you know it's an abusive sort of thing not to support your daughter, but but it wasn't. It was just no, people he, people couldn't cope. I mean, they couldn't he cope couldn't with cope with it. He couldn't cope. He didn't know what to do or say. And all I think all he did say is, I wish your mother was here. She should have come. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you he made that abundantly clear when he got home. I am never doing that again. <laughs> I doubt if he even told her, you know, because oh, he really? wouldn't be able to, because he would have been Fine embarrassed words. that he didn't do anything. Oh, and because she would have probably said, well, how did you help her? Well, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's no anger there, Francis, at all. You know, that that was the situation. No anger. It's just... It In just me? Ha- yeah. No, no. I, I Also, you know, it helps when you've got so many brothers and sisters mm. because... You, you know, you actually eke out all the feelings of possible frustration that you may have felt and that what we used to do was just have humour about it. Yeah, and so when yeah. I did tell my brothers and sisters about what had happened, we just all laughed. And I remember my brother saying, 
oh my god, I can see his face now because he knew <laughs> not possible for him to deal with this. And um, and so we, it was easier to, there wasn't any anger because we just would go, well, that's who they are, that's what they're yeah, like, you yeah. know, they're never going to change. There's no point trying to say to yourself, you know, when the woman is tied on the railway track and you see the train coming, you can watch that clip of the movie a hundred times, but the train is still going to hit her so that you can't get her off the tracks. So there's no point saying, I wished he could have behaved in a different way because he didn't have it in his DNA. But I also think now that divorce is more of a thing, you do talk more openly with your... You know, like I think I don't think I would have the same relationship with you that I do now. No, if you were still. Well, sometimes I don't want the information, Francis. I just don't. Neither want do any. I. Thank <laughs> you. I, really I don't want I really the information. Don't. Sometimes, <laughs> really, bloody that? hell, do I want to hear, <laughs> Mum? You know, I've got something to say. No, I don't want to hear it. Well, what do you think I feel? Yeah. Yeah. My mother, no, I have I to sit there. Give you that information. I would have bring up one story, but this is Francis's no, time. I'm not, not going to bring up any story. <laughs> I think Francis. you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't care about anybody else but Francis. I want Francis to like me and respect me and think I'm a reasonable person. I don't want to. You know what I'm really like. I'm still reeling in shock about the used tampon. Let's <laughs> <laughs> give you one more story of my mother. Is that I made an idiotic mistake. Like my whole life has been one idiotic mistake. And I turned to her when I got back from university, and she said, "I don't know the girls nowadays. I think I was about 22 at the time." And uh, she said, the girls nowadays are so promiscuous, I just don't understand it. And I said, well, I, I agree, Mum. You know, I, I know girls have been sleeping with boys since they were 15. I've only slept with two. And she, she, she walked out of the room. She, she was speechless with rage. And I think I said one. I think I slept with one. And she was so appalled. And she went to my father and just like, I had in her hands, just like, oh, my God, this is our daughter. And it was like, I knew I made a massive mistake too late. <laughs> But can you imagine, Francis, the one person you're supposed to be able to talk to and you can't because she was too embarrassed, too horrified, too frightened. You you came in the other day and you went, you're sex mad, you are. And I hadn't even said anything. I was talking about a show. What were you saying, Francis? (laughs) Sorry, Francis. (laughs) So after that trip to Paris, Francis, in the suit and everything. With your mother. With your mother, yes. Mm. yes. And the beautiful suit. And the Yes, yeah. and the beautiful... Yeah. Do you want to ask the question? No, no, I'm just, I'm just backing you, you up. Where do you go for it? Oh, God, get it's on like with it. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, did you find, like, you know, did you spend more time with her? Did your career take off? Was she supportive of all of that? You know, was... You were obviously in a lovely moment of your life. Did you spend more time with her? Were there just little pockets that you spent together? I spoke to her all the time, but of course, you know, by then I was living permanently in London, but mm-hmm. um, my one of my sisters and one of my brothers still lives in, uh, in and around Wolverhampton, so they saw her all the time and her grandchildren. And, and then before the actual Paris event, something terrible had happened because my brother was killed in a car accident. Oh, and, oh But luckily she, I know this sounds odd to say it, but she she was already dead. So we lost her and my brother in the, in the space of about nine months. My goodness me. And in a way, all of us agreed that we were so relieved that yeah. she'd already gone because yeah. I, she would have never recovered from that. No, never. she wouldn't have done. Apparently um, there was just nothing like losing a no, child. nothing. No, nothing. But before the Paris trip, before whilst my brother was still alive, he owned a steelworks in Wolverhampton. So he actually said to my mum, um, "Our Frankie, which is what they called me, is uh, she's at the RSC, isn't she?" And he said, "I've got this client over from Denmark, and he's desperate to see Hamlet." And my mum said, "Well, she's in that." 
And he said, oh, well, do you think she'd get us some... T-? Anyway, I got them some tickets. So they sat in the house seats and um, they were given champagne. I made sure they got the whole, you know, the whole treatment of it. Mm. And the client apparently said to my brother, um, well, who's, which one's your sister? And he said, the mad one. <laughs> and I was playing Ophelia. And, uh, and my mum said, oh, I nearly burst with pride. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. That's so sweet. It's so lovely. And Virginia McGenna was Gertrude and Brian Blessed was Claudius and Ken Branner and blah, blah, blah. Wow. And they all came out to have supper with her and my brother. And I'm like, I can't tell you how proud she was. I can't tell you. I can see her face now. I've got photographs oh, of it. She was bursting yeah yeah well yeah. francis i can't thank you enough for this interview it's just so as usual fascinating funny every everything that i we could have dreamt for really yeah thank you so well, much well it's a yeah. pleasure it's lovely to talk to you and seeing thank such you. a gorgeous mum and daughter and your oh, great wow. relationship oh, oh god <laughs> i don't know really don't know. francis let's all have a let's all have a drink down the line oh, when this yes. is all over. Yeah. Yes. When it's all over, yes. yes. Thank you, Francis. You're a, you're a star. Pleasure. You really are. Pleasure. Do you, think, do you think I did come across as a really sad fan? No, you came across as a fan, darling, but that's okay because she's done a she's lot of amazing. work and yeah. she is amazing. We should yeah. actually say, um, we did talk about this before, didn't we? She's got a film coming out or has just come out on... Amazon yeah. Sky that you can rent. Um, yeah. It's called Trick or Treat. Yeah. So yeah. if anyone wants to see any of Frances's recent work, um, go and watch the film. Well, we, we should do that tonight. Yeah, let's do it tonight. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, that's that then. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Why are you, you saying so shocked? Well, I didn't think we were necessary to say goodbye. But anyway, I mean, it's not an audio. You're just not saying anything. Well, bye. Goodbye. Bye. The Mother-Daughter Manual was painfully hosted and created by Felicity Montague and Olivia Nixon, produced by Luke Nixon, original music by George Montague, and this was a Snipper Nixon production. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.